Kia ora, I'm Vincent Herringer and welcome to This Climate Business. Every week we talk to people turning the climate crisis into opportunity. Follow us on social media and please rate the show as it helps others to find us. I hope you enjoy the programme. Hello, this is Ross Ingalls. There's a sea change underway in business. It's called climate disclosure. And in this country, it started feeling real in January this year when 200 or so of our biggest organisations were required by law to report their emissions. That's a more than trivial undertaking. Emissions data originates in any number of sources and lives in all sorts of silos. It has to be made available to the business and to regulators. It has to be verifiable and secure. And it should be all of those things without driving your IT people nuts or costing a fortune. It's a challenge being addressed by Auckland-based Climate Tracker, founded in 2021 by a heavy hitter of the data architecture world, Dougal Watt. Dougal is with us in the studio today. Welcome to you, and could we perhaps start by asking you to outline the scale of the challenge of disclosure and how you're tackling it? Well, thanks, Ross, firstly, for having me on. Uh, look, I think it is a, a quite a big challenge, but a, there's a bit of a confusion here between emissions and the disclosure. So emissions is really only, I would say, maybe 5% of an actual disclosure, and you have to get to the original intent of the legislation. This is this has come from a, a global push um, to uh, allow companies to disclose and be transparent about the risk that they're facing from climate change. And it's not just the risk, it's actually the opportunities, but also how they're going to change their business. So when it comes to a disclosure, the intent is that, okay, emissions is part of it because that's how we understand, you know, uh, are you tracking climate change uh, effects down? But it's really systemic. What is your business doing to change in the face of this global uh, global issue and it's been driven as much by a regulator I think as it's been driven by for example insurance companies mm. who are very very concerned about the um, hike in premiums uh, insurability of, of a lot of businesses or a lot of assets and it's also being driven by investors and, and the sort of radical transparency that a disclosure will drive is really important to investors mm. there's a lot of data now that for example it shows if you invest ethically you can have higher returns and climate has become a very, very central issue to ethical investing. Uh, if you go back to maybe 10 years, it was a very tiny part of it. Now it's over, at least over a quarter, probably probably higher than that, mm. uh, increasing every year. So the disclosure is really, you have to get to this point where you say, you can say to the world, this is what we're doing in response to the risks and opportunities and, and so forth that we've identified. Mm. So it's quite a quite a complex thing. It's quite far reaching. Mm. It as far as I understand it, it originated from the world of financial disclosure. Is that, is that the case? Yes, it did. Um, it comes from a whole uh, background around um, uh, yeah, financial disclosure, saying what we're doing, how, how my company, for example, will be responding to the, these risks. And uh, it, it's sort of originated in that investment community. And the thinking was that the, the best way to mitigate the risk that financiers are facing is that if there's enough information out there, they can pick and choose who they invest in. Right. Yeah, that's that thrust. So there's all sorts of people asking for this data from large organisations uh, and very good reasons to provide it. Uh, but it's still a real mission to pull that data out and present it in a way that uh, it can be used. It is. Uh, the standard itself is complex to understand. Um, it, I, I sort of liken it to we've moved into this world now where there's so much more data we have to capture about so many things. Mm. Regulation 
yes, you know, you have to comply with that. It's actually an opportunity to step your game up and do things in a better way. But you actually need tools to help you to get to that point where you can step up and you can uh, create this disclosure. But we think it's actually broader than that. It should be broader. Mm. Um, and, and so the original intent of the, the disclosure legislation, it's, yes, I need to disclose, but I need to move next into how am I going to decide what to do in the future? How am I going to change my business? Mm. Because some of these things are quite uh you know, quite sort of systemic risks. They're quite serious. And, uh, you know, I think we see things globally. Um, we're just entering a free, free trade agreement with the EU, for example. Well, the EU is going to implement a carbon tariff because they, they're thinking ahead and saying, our businesses are carbon exposed. If we allow free trade, say with Little New Zealand, mm. who's obviously way better at agriculture and a few other things, if we allow them to import products and they're high emitters and we're low emitters, for example, that's not really very fair. So mm. they're going to implement this carbon tariff, this sort of barrier, and New Zealand has to respond to that. All, all countries in the world have to respond to that. We're, that's what we're seeing with this this type of legislation. It's spreading all around the world. So a company, yes, they have to disclose, but then you've got to decide, okay, well, if I'm exporting there or uh, I need finance or I need insurance, I need to be transparent about this. But it's not just about I've, I've created a disclosure, oh, okay, you know, I tick a box. It's beyond a tick box exercise now. You actually have to transform your business. So that means you have to be able to analyze that disclosure data and make a decision. And that's really why we created Climate Tracker. We felt that there were no products in the market to do this. And we want to, the standard itself is complex. Uh, it shouldn't be complex to create a disclosure though. So we created Climate Tracker to be the, the sort of easiest to use possible tool to create a disclosure. But then once you're done with that disclosure, to move into the next step, which is to decide what to do about your business, to make informed decisions that, that you can be transparent about and that help you move forward. So Climate Tracker is what we know as a software as a service. In other words, you can rent it rather than buy it, access it online. That's right. And it's available now. And you have customers? We do, yeah. The reason it's also SaaS is because the standards do evolve. Um, we're seeing that. So there's CS1, which is the main one. There's CS3, which is a set of supplementary specifications. Um, the regulators indicated these things will be tweaked over time. There's this whole thing around alignment with global standards as well. Um, so the uh, IFRS, which is a global accounting standards body, has created um, a standard called S2, which is similar to our climate standard. It, it just has more data in it. We're going to release a product shortly to allow companies to comply with that. But uh, So it's, it's a complex, uh, ongoing, evolving um, soup of standards, if you will. And so you need to be kept up to date with the standards. And so that's, that's the value proposition we offer. Uh, we keep you up to date. We do the heavy work of understanding that standard and helping you to comply with it. Mm. But also... Uh, the the really important thing I think is to emphasise is those decisions that you make about your business. So the other side to, to the work, the, our product is that it lets you it, it analyses that information. We have a particular type of AI technology allows you to link up this information, draw these linkages across all of these different pieces of data about your business, about your emissions, about your strategy, all of those those areas, and get um, great analytics out of it. So you can make those decisions you need. How big do you expect the market will be for Climate Tracker? We think it'll be a large market. Um, the standard will, the regulator will, will almost certainly push the standard down to smaller scale companies. Mm. Uh, the standards will evolve. There'll be a, probably a piece of alignment that needs to happen with the global standards, with the IFRS standard. And then there's that whole global market as well. And it, we don't see it 
uh, we see it growing over time. The regulators are just going to push that, that that barrier down. So, uh, you know, at the moment, it's our top 200 mm. organisations. It's probably going to end up at the 50, 60 million kind of level. Uh, and, and then really, you, you, it, when you're at that sort of point, you actually need a productivity enhancing tool because this stuff's quite, it can be complex to do. Um, you know, there's only so many climate consultants. You have a lot of people come and go helping you build these things. You need tools to make it professional, make it uh, not just that tick box. Mm. Yeah. My understanding is that Climate Tracker is, it runs on or is an iteration of what is called a data serving layer and that you've built that as well and that is what makes climate tracker as smart as it is can you talk about that yeah it's a <laughs> it, it's a it's a complex piece of software um, it's what's called a declarative uh, data serving layer and what it means is that we it's a type of AI it's the original type of AI symbolic AI it's a system that we tell it how we understand the information you need for disclosure. And then we can go and generate all of these artifacts. So as a company, we can be quite small and very, very nimble because we can tell our um, data-serving technology to, if the standard changes, here's another thing that you need to consider and we'll generate the pieces we need and then we can just pop that in the market really quickly. So uh, it's a very radical, radical piece of technology, um, but it gives us this massive productivity advantage. And then when it comes to analytics, which is that's the hard pointy end of this, how do I, if I'm a disclosing company, how do I get value out of all that data mm. and all that time I've spent creating it? How do I make those decisions to move my business forward and change my business model? So we link everything you tell it. All the data you capture is all linked together in a very, very rich way. And so we can look at analytics that that other tools just are incapable of doing. So that data serving layer that you've just described, is that also available as a solution independent of Climate Tracker? It is, yeah. Mm. yeah. And it's something that you sell? It, it, we have chosen to emphasise to, to build out uh, Climate Tracker as the first product on top of that. We had a um, demonstrated the data serving layer to um, some colleagues uh, in the industry, and it was a, a really amazing reception. They they were just blown away because there's li- really nothing like it anywhere. There's never been created before. Uh, and then some really interesting conversations. Um, we were even contacted by a bank in Norway. Um, but I was talking to a great colleague in a big four, and he said, um, "It's amazing what you've built. Have you thought about applying that to the climate realm?" And so we had this really interesting discussion, um, and he said, look, we, we do all this work now here in New Zealand and globally, it's a global big four, and uh, he said, there are no good tools. There's just nothing out there to do this, and, and it's, a, you know, it's a complex thing, uh, and we would like something that um, can help our customers move forward with us. And so I thought, well, that's a really interesting idea, and it kind of um, really resonated because I've uh, kind of been on the, um, I suppose, driven to solve really complex problems in tech for a long time now. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I'm, I'm good at doing it. Uh, and particularly in that data space, because it's an area that our industry, the tech industry, keeps making uh, a lot of mistakes in. <clears throat> There's a lot of uh, project failure in the data uh, area. So I wanted to create, with the data serving layer, something very radical that would solve these problems. And the the Climate Tracker is a great uh, channel to market for that, but it's also it resonates with me um, because I've kind of been on a bit of that sustainability journey myself. Um, so my partner and I, we have a farm, uh, and we started uh, designing a house there. It was about 
2004 uh, and working with the architect and they said, oh, you obviously know a lot about the sustainability stuff. Why don't you look into those bits and and, and, and we'll see what we can add into the house. And so uh, we did a bunch of work. Five years later, we started the build process and it went really well. Uh, and then it won, so the, the house is completely off the grid. And it won um, a sustainable set of sustainability awards. In fact, our builder still tells us to the day, to this day, oh, there's nothing being built as sustainable as your house. So everything we did in it was designed to be as sustainable as possible. It's actually on a hill, and it's west coast, so it's super exposed. We also designed it for you know cyclonic conditions, and um, and it was really borne out, I suppose, in the floods recently that uh, everybody else around us was without power, um, and a lot of their land was quite wrecked and. Our house was fine. We're off the grid. We had power. We had water. We had everything we needed. But also the land, we've been practicing sort of regenerative agriculture for quite a while on the land as well. And our land survived really well too from the floods. So well, when my colleague said, you know, create something for climate, I thought, actually, that's a really good idea. Oh, and it, it really resonated for yeah, me. Yeah. So you, it sounds like you've been getting, you've been getting greener over time, personally. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you think that IT and business sustainability are natural allies? I think they are. Uh, the Some of the sort of early movement in sustainability was in the, the IT majors, you know, Microsoft, Apple, um, power purchase agreements, you know, 10 years ago trying to get to net zero as much as possible. When I sign into my Amazon console, it's showing me this is what you've spent and this is how much carbon you've emitted, which is great, you know, so I can make informed choices. Um, so I think there is quite a natural synergy um, and uh, there's a lot of people in tech who actually are kind of quite green um, already. So, yeah, there's quite a natural linkage there. Yeah, yeah it feels that way, doesn't it? Is, is, is this a case, Dougal, of, of, of a small New Zealand company being first to market with a solution because you're small? It's partly that. It's, it's a, I, with all of these things, there's always multiple factors, I think, that come into mm. play. So having... A, a long-term interest in sustainability, having worked for you know thirty years in tech, and and coming to the point of ha- wanting to solve these really really hard data problems, and this understanding too that over time we're making society more and more complex, and we need better tools to solve those complex challenges that that our society is creating. Climate change is one of them. It's a you know, it is an epically complex problem to solve. And whether you believe in it or not, or you think it's man-made or not, it's kind of not relevant because the way the world is going is that that the world wants to know what companies are doing to mitigate this problem. Mm -hmm. And so even if you don't believe in it, you're going to have to do something about it. So I think, um, you know, for us, there was a confluence of those factors coming together. The fact we built this radical declarative data-serving platform meant that we could build this. So, you know, as the standard changes, we can just evolve and iterate our platform, you know, Super fast. Oh, super fast. So, mm. um, and then also, uh, so I'm uh, I'm have a lot of training in tech and a lot of certifications. I'm certified. Uh, the, the Open Group has a certification program, so I'm certified at the highest level for that. There's less than a thousand people in the world with the certification at my level, and mm. so working. You know, I've worked on just really complex projects and really massive projects. Uh, all around the world. And so having that insight about what works and what doesn't and why things needed to change in tech from a data point of view meant that I could create this particular solution that's affordable, incredibly efficient and very, very rapid to build on. So, yeah, so a lot of things came together, I suppose. 
I suppose the ancillary question is this, that you were for many years IBM, New Zealand's chief technologist, and you left to found Climate Tracker. Yes. Um, is Climate Tracker the kind of solution that a very large tech company like IBM would be expected to develop itself? They have a different focus, I think. Mm. And large companies build solutions for really large organisations. Mm. Whereas Climate Tracker, we've built it and we've priced it very affordably because we want it to be taken up and used. So we want we want to help companies be more productive, mm. create that disclosure and move forward and, and make the decisions they need to do. So to make it an affordable, accessible product was really important. And I just don't think large tech majors, they're culturally not really capable of doing that. And, you know, we do see other things where people make these sort of template-based tools and none of that is, is good enough. It's We're talking about complex data. We're talking about, you know, uh, lots of people collaborating to, to, to create these disclosures, people coming and going, uh, a whole lot of analytics needed on it. You know, it's a complex thing. You need good tools to do it, mm. but you don't need these massive over-engineered tools that the majors will create. So, mm. yeah. So last question then, Dougal. Um, we, we did touch on this before, but I just wonder if you could paint a picture of where we're going to be with the this um, type of climate disclosure in, say, five years' time. In other words, um, yes, smaller companies, but what's it going to feel like and, uh, and what will be the downstream impacts of, of those regimes do you expect? We're pretty sure what's going to happen, because the regulators said they'll do this, is that they're going to tune up the assurance regime. So it's kind of a bit like a you know, when you do your accounts and you get them audited and that kind of thing. So there's that, um, and that, that Im will impose some disciplines on the tools, and we've got some great features coming to do that. Um, there's a very, very hard problem in this space around the different scoped emissions between if somebody's got a scope one and a scope three, who owns what part of if you think of it as a chain, somebody's producing and somebody's consuming and who owns what part of that chain, that's an incredibly hard problem to solve. Uh, so that's we've got something coming for that. Um, so yes, as you said, they're going to drive it down so smaller and smaller organisations. Um, so that's why we think it's a massive market. But we also think this international alignment will become a big thing um, and because New Zealand's trade exposed. We mentioned the EU before, their um, carbon tariff. Uh, the alignment with the IFRS standard, um, because global accounting standards are incredibly important. Um, so, uh, but also, we think there's going to be a greater emphasis on risk. So, for example, you know, if you build a factory on a river these days, it's kind of crazy thing to do, right? No one's going to insure you pretty soon. And you know, we saw that with the Auckland flood. So we've had a taste of that in New Zealand. So I think those kinds of risk issues will become really, really crucial. But I really also want New Zealand specifically to think about not just the risk, but the opportunity, because there is huge opportunity in this. And the standard itself says, think about your risks and your impacts, but think about your opportunities. And there's a lot of innovation in New Zealand, a lot of great work in loads of different sectors. You know, our launch customer seeker, they really are you know, f uh, fully on that sustainability journey doing great work. And that should be shouted from the rooftops when New Zealand companies do that great hard work. Um, so I think that opportunity, uh, I think there'll be an increasing focus on that. And we shouldn't think of it as a burden. We should think of it really as, you know, doing the right thing and capitalising on those opportunities. Right. And I know I said it was the last question, but that does, it does lead to a follow-up question, which is this. Should we naturally assume that broader disclosure and better quality of disclosure will naturally lead to reduced emissions? It should do because it's fundamentally, you can think of it like this, it's an issue of how you use resources. 
And if you can use your resources more efficiently to produce the same output, uh, that's a win. And if you're using resources more efficiently, you're, you're generating less emissions. So, so that's one side of it, I think. And then again, that um, how do I think about I have a bunch of risks that I have to deal with in my business, but there's an opportunity. I need to capitalize on it. So my business is going to change. Uh, so I need to think about how can I decide what to do next in that that ongoing process of change. Business is never static. You know, you're, you're always exposed to these sort of things, so you've got to do something about it. And that's a key th- insight that we put into the product, that we help you create the disclosure, and that will grow over time. The regulations will change. But get to that decision, get the analytics you need to make the decisions to change your business. Dougal Watt from Climate Tracker, thank you for joining us on this climate business. Thanks so much, Ross. Great talking. Thanks for listening to This Climate Business. If you like the show, please rate us as it helps others to find us. Ka kiti anon.